Welcome to Training for Manhood, an ongoing exploration and adventure intended to be fast, fun, and formative for guys who desire to be the best men they can. Young or old, there are always areas for improvement, growth, and maturity. We hope you'll pay attention and put into practice the useful advice you hear on this podcast. But remember, the goal isn't just to listen, but to do what you learn. Welcome to Training for Manhood. Hey guys, welcome back to Training for Manhood. This is Dan Panetti. Hey, I've got a really special and unique episode. Um, a couple weeks ago, uh, I had my spiritual parents, Bruce and Chris Curran, in. Uh, they were coming up to watch the uh, Gift of Christmas at our church. Uh, great, great presentation uh, on uh, the birth of Jesus. Uh, so right around Christmas time, and uh, they came up to see that performance. And uh, we have a life group uh, that uh, we've been uh, leading, teaching for, I don't know, 27, 28, 29 years or whatever, just doing life together with an incredible community of believers. Um, but I wanted Bruce and Chris to kind of share a little bit of uh, their journey and testimony with our life group. And so I recorded it, uh, and I just uh, felt it was so good that I wanted to share it with you, our Training for Manhood listeners as well. Um, And I really want you to um, pay attention, listen. It is a very personal, intimate, and powerful testimony um, of a very painful journey um, and just how God has sustained Bruce and Chris uh, through a really, really difficult time in their lives. Uh, it's about the power of prayer, about the God, about the power of God's presence. Uh, and just, it's a couple things that jump out to me. One, it's a really important reminder uh, to me about the uh, importance of having uh, older men, older couples, older men and women, uh, especially for, for guys, but uh, just older men in your life to speak truth. Uh, into your life. And that's also a great reminder of the importance of a Christ-centered community and small group uh, to do life with. And so you're going to kind of get a little glimpse into um, our life group and uh, Bruce and Chris sharing part of their journey and testimony uh, with our life group. Um, and I, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be long. Uh, it's going to be very personal. Um, but if you can listen all the way to the end, I think you're going to be really uh, blessed by this uh, and encouraged and challenged uh, in your faith, in your walk, uh, and just what it means to be uh, a godly man and a, and a godly family and how to do life uh, well and the importance of suffering as part of that journey to deepen you uh, in your journey, not only with the Lord, but as an individual, as a person. Uh, such an important testimony. And uh, and so I just wanted to share it uh, with you, our listeners. Uh, so enjoy this uh, testimony from Bruce and Chris Curran to our life group that happened a couple weeks ago. They are my spiritual parents, obviously not my biological parents, because <laughs> we don't look anything alike. Um, sorry about that. Um, but uh, um, we got, um, I got to meet Bruce and Chris um, back when I was in Austin, and uh, uh, we were looking for a couple to do our premarital counseling, um, and so Bruce and Chris uh, graciously um, Forced into it. (laughs) It was a God thing. Yes, it was. It was a God thing. Graciously um, counseled uh, Trisha and I, um, one, through a really, really difficult time. Um, And for those of you who know our stories, when my family was falling apart, um, then they were um, just our our rock and uh, and a a refuge for me. Um, But they were also um, a great um, amount of truth, um, some mixed with grace, more truth. Um, and uh, uh, and have just been uh, prayer warriors for us um, just since that time. So, um, you know, my spiritual walk uh, is a lot of the, um, you know, affirmation and um, investment uh, that Bruce and Chris have put into uh, into me 
uh, and into Tricia and into our family. And so uh, we are blessed. Um, the last uh, couple of years has been uh, really, really difficult uh, for them. Uh, and I'll let them tell you about that journey. But uh, Bruce got diagnosed with cancer and, um, you know, went through a really, really just a very difficult uh, stage in that. But, uh, but God's been good. God's been faithful um, in the good and the bad and the, um, you know, the rough times and the, and the sad times. And it's great because they're an open book and they've shared everything. And we've learned so much from just walking with them and um, watching them um, just faithfully um, lean on the Lord and, and, uh, and just continue to um, bless others. Uh, they are, um, as Bruce would say, right, they're, they're truth speakers, they're givers. Um, they're, I, I, you know, I'd say they're more and more, um, they would want to get to know you and have a conversation with you individually. Um, so this is, right, a difficult thing just to stand up in front and just share. Um, but we just wanted you guys to get to know them and to see um, just God's hand of faithfulness on um, a couple and a family that has been walking with the Lord um, and just ministering to others. Uh, God ministers uh, to them and through them. So we love the Currens, and we just wanted to have an opportunity for you guys to meet them. So welcome to the class. Sweet. Um, yes, y'all are a blessing to we, us. We, wow. we, we had wow. no intention of doing this until Dan told us we were doing this. <laughs> so we came up here for this evening's performance and to enjoy it, and then we got ensconced with the Panettis once again, and two of their sons anyway, which was an eventful evening last night. <laughs> but I, I have to tell you that um, on a number of occasions in our church, Chris and I have had to stand before groups, talk about marriage, um, talk about faithfulness, talk about who Christ is. Um, my favorite question from Jesus is, so who do you say I am? And it's a very challenging question. And, and, but, but today is different. Um, small groups. You know, they can, they can be here to check a box. They can be here because they're lonely. They can be here because uh, other people do it. But you guys are different. Mm -hmm. You guys are here because this is a calling from Christ to gather together to be a support for each other. Your prayers are powerful. Your hearts are good. You know, I, I always talk about the heart. The Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. And I, I would say all the issues of life. And from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. So to me, it's always a heart issue. When we do a lot of, we counsel a lot. Um, it's usually just us and, and a couple or the individuals. But I, I, I believe that if you listen to what people say, if you're slow to speak and quick to listen, you hear their heart from what they say. You can see the fruit, and you can begin to determine right away the condition of their heart, the condition of their marriage. Um, and so it's a relatively easy process for us because of the many, many years we've done it. I've always said you can tell a condition of a marriage by looking at the wife. Um, we've had so many people before us, and I would always ask the question to the husband, so how's your marriage? And he would always look, and he'd squint a little, and he'd go, it, it, it's okay. And the wife's sitting over there, eyes are rolling. <laughs> and so we've learned over the years these 
telltale things that God is really specific about. Guard your heart from the overflow of the heart. But today's really different. I was so surprised pleasantly to hear the love that you guys share. Um, Leslie, your story's very familiar to me in the sense that uh, I believe suffering removes the shallowness of God. I believe to be closer to Jesus Christ, you have to experience suffering, whether it's death of loved ones, husbands, wives, spouses, whatever it is. But, but it causes you then to make decisions about what you're going to believe. I just want to tell you the story, my story of my cancer. I, uh, I was really healthy, and I was strong. And uh, in Austin, I, the, I didn't feel comfortable with the doctors. I was misdiagnosed for a year in Austin. They, my doctors, I, I saw nine different doctors, and they said I had Bell's palsy, I had trigeminal neuralgia, and I had vertigo. All three different, all three independent, all three were caused individually. And I know it wasn't true. And uh, the pain was excruciating from trigeminal neuralgia. In fact, one doctor said it's the suicide disease because they can't cure it. And after a while, the medicines they get can't overcome the pain. And so people take their lives. And so <laughs> concerned me. <laughs> and so uh, I... Uh, Chris knows, she, she, Damien, walked with me through all of this, and uh, uh, she was rock solid. And so, finally, my daughter has a friend at MD Anderson and told her friend about this, and she talked to her doctor, who was a breast cancer surgeon, who was very highly regarded, and he said, tell her to do a Google Doc about all the testings. I had so many MRIs, so many um, punctures, lumbar punctures, all sorts of things, and, and they couldn't find it, and they kept misdiagnosing it. So Chris and my daughter did that, and the minute the MD Anderson doctor saw it, they said, can you come in? And so I went in, and they told me, can we take an MRI? And I said, sure. And within three hours, they said, you have cancer, and it's in your skull, and it's in a place where we can't get at surgically. And so we have to meet with these doctors. And anyway, they, they did have a meeting, and they said that they're going to do this very aggressive treatment on me. And I'm still in this pain from the trigeminal. And so uh, they did, and they decided that they were going to radiate me every day except on weekends, with the highest radiation in my body that was safe in my skull, and they were going to give me the cisplatin, which at the time was so difficult, they put me in a hospital room and hooked up two computers to monitor my, my health because of this stuff going in me. And then at the very end, they were going to ablate my trigeminal nerve, which was going to paralyze the left side of my face, which it is. I can't close my left eye. I drool. I can't chew, uh, I have trouble speaking. Um, and so during this process, uh, it, it was eight weeks, and um, 
I, the doctors have said to me, you're going to have to stay here. You're not going to be able to go home after the fourth week because of all we're going to do to you. But I, I had to get home because I had to go to church so I could be with our group that cared and loved for us and to listen to the praise music. I lost 40 pounds. I was barely moving. The people at MD Anderson were so, they loved Chris and I. They would wheel me down to where the car is. They would lift me up. They would put me in the seat. She would drive me home every weekend. And I would go to church. I would get help to go to church just to be with the people that loved me. Talk about a healing process. Talk about that love, the pouring out of the love. What, what I see here was so strong to me that I made it all the way through the eight weeks. And then an odd thing happened. I was done. I was toast. I couldn't do any more. I said to Chris, I'm done. I can't. I'm, I'm, let it take me. I, I, I couldn't eat. They were going to put tubes in my stomach to feed me and I said no she brings me one of the division the devotionals we read every every day for the last 20 years Um, and it said when you reach your Red Sea I will be there departed and I broke into tears and I fell And I realized that's a truth. And I'm going to tell you that's a truth. He is. He will be. And the thing I begin to learn through suffering, and my, my mother committed suicide, my father drank himself to death. I know suffering and I know pain. And I will say that for a while I was very angry at God. Why would he take this beautiful woman, which was my mother, and at 57 years old, she killed herself. And then my father was so crushed by it, he drank himself to death. It took him six years to die. I just couldn't get over it. You know, you always ask why, why, why. I began to ask that. I would shake my fist at him, why, why, why. And it wasn't until years later when I really got to know who Jesus Christ is, that it wasn't him. It was choices, choices we make. And I began to get healing from that. And I just want you to know that pain and suffering removes your shallowness. But there's always something that God wants you to learn and all of it. Even in the death of a a young one or a death of a spouse, there's always something you have to ask yourself. Not that you're a victim or not why me, but what is he teaching me? What am I supposed to learn from this? And it broadens your understanding of who Jesus Christ is and all that he says and all the truth that is spoken in God's word. And it is truth. And you begin to draw nigh unto him, and he begins to draw nigh unto you. And it's what I call deeper still. And you get pulled deeper still. You go through these things, and you begin to look around you more. Uh, Dr. Graham this morning talked about people looking in the mirror. 
Well, when I got cancer and they did, I had to have facial reconstruction. This is the best I, they can make me look. And, but I don't look in the mirror anymore. She's a photographer and I, I won't let her take my picture because I feel so uncomfortable with, my mouth is crooked, I do drool, I, I, it's, I, I can't eat soup. <laughs> I'm sorry. It just it just leak, it, it, it leaks out. So I really only go out to dinner with my wife or my immediate family. But I, I realize that that's a good thing for me because what he's really saying is look out, observe, watch people, listen to people. You don't have to speak. You can listen and you can see. And that'll tell he'll, the Lord, the Holy Spirit will give you wisdom and understanding and tell you in, immensely personal things, incredibly impersonal things about what that person is in front of you. But when you go through tough things, he's going to end up bringing you somebody who's going through that same tough thing. And they're going to look at you and they're going to want what you have, even in the pain. I still have pain. I have pain. They ablated my trigeminal nerve, all three of them, so I have no, this is paralyzed, so there's no wrinkles on this side of my face, and there's a ton of wrinkles on this side. And, but what that's done is um, my eye, I don't see well out of my left eye because it's constantly tearing, and it just keeps running over. But the worst thing that's happened now is that I'm chewing on the inside of my mouth mm. and I'm tearing apart my face, the inside of my and face. And he doesn't feel it. And I don't feel it. Yeah. So, things are so I, I've got to go to MD Anderson in April and I go see the man who reconstructed my face and see what he's going to do. But, but I, I don't, I, I look at the pain as a reminder a thorn in the flesh, you might add. Sometimes it's so debilitating and I have bad days and she knows, she knows. But the rest of the time, I keep looking out and who is God gonna bring to me today? Who is God gonna introduce me to? Who am I gonna see? I get to see you today. I get to understand you and I'm gonna pray for you privately later. So. I can only tell you, walk on, persevere. You said you came here because of these people. Your love is actually supporting her and lifting her up. Mm. It's a beautiful thing. When you're coming in here to visit, I had a, several things I was going to say to you guys, but it all blew apart, <laughs> which is a beautiful thing because you love. Love is the most powerful force in the universe. Mm. Christ said, Bible said, God is love. It took me six months of meditating on those three words to understand what is that? What does that mean? And I found out that there's nothing. You're not going to argue somebody into the kingdom of God. You're going to love them into the kingdom of God. And that's what you do well here. You love people. They come here because they know they're loved. And they love each one of you. And so I'm thrilled to see 
the power of the love of Jesus Christ and Almighty God alive and well here. And you can tell how deep it is. You can tell it's important. But I really want you to know how important it is for those you're loving on. Sometimes it will be life-sustaining. And so the more you pour out, the more you give of yourself. And that was another topic, give. So many people, when you talk about giving in church, it's money, money, money. It isn't. When you are in, in walking with Christ, in him, and he and you, giving is giving of yourself. It's giving of your heart, giving of your love, giving of your time, serving. And you guys apparently do it very well here. You, you ought to be very thankful for this. I would expect no less coming from the Panettis. I told the sons last night when we were working with Dan, he, I don't know how many of you know his story of his, his family, but it's brutal. It's brutal. It's unkind. It's mean-spirited. It's judgmental and condemning. He's obviously a very smart man. When I met him, he was condescending, he was egotistical, he was <laughs> reprehensible, he was arrogant. He was, I just thought, God, what is this guy? Why are you giving him to me? And so we got to walk with Dan and pray with Dan and mentor him. And he knew the Bible better than anyone I had ever run into. And I'm old now. He still knows the Bible better than anyone. And of course, I think his sons are catching up to him. Mm -hmm. But one day he comes into our house. And our house is a house of, we call it our Bethany home. It's a house of prayer. We've had prayer. People have been prostrate on our floors all over our house for years, weeping and crying before the Lord and praying and thanking God. And, and so it's been protected, right? It's, it's, been, it's, it's been, it's God's blessing is upon our house. We only do um, mentoring in our house. And so um, he comes in, and I think he was, you were probably still getting your degree your, your uh, law degree. And all of a sudden, he sits in our living room, now our den, on the floor, and he begins weeping. And of course, we're so used to people doing that, so we just wait it out. You know, we're not gonna jump and say, hey. So we waited, and he stopped. And he looked up, he had tears in his eyes. He was, he was a broken, a broken man. And he said, I know the Bible better than anyone I know, but I now realize I don't know the author. And it broke him. And when it broke him, everything changed. So you're seeing the blessing of a man who's been broken before the Lord and who now knows of who he talks about. And so from that point on, 
we met Trisha. We told Trisha, get away from him. <laughs> no good. Trisha, Trisha you, could find, you could find a clown and you'd be safe. But she wouldn't. She was a faithful, faithful woman. And she has a story of her family, which is fascinating. But the fact is, they were our very first premarital counseling we did 32 years ago. 33 years ago. And uh, we stayed close. And I became Dan's spiritual father, and we have blessed each other, and he has blessed Chris and I, and Tricia has blessed Chris and I. And so he asked me to come just to sit in the class, not to say anything. And then he sends me this stupid text. <laughs> so what are you going to talk about? <laughs> I said, what? That's the kind of friend he is. But I, I just, I'm here because, I'm here because I, I, I am old. I'm, I'm 75. Uh, I've lived a life of pain and suffering. But the joy of the Lord through all of that has strengthened me. It's called me deeper and deeper still. My wife has loved me and served me. And now, right now, we're empty nesters. It's the best years of our life. I'm, I don't like to travel anymore. I'm, I'm not a very good host uh, because I get tired. And I don't like doing this. But she keeps encouraging me. He's been through the wine press. And he's come out with fine wine. That's what God does. There's always a purpose in what he's doing. And I get a front row seat. I got to see this Bruce go through this. And there was a time in the middle of it when I thought, he might not make it. I have to come to that place. So I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. But God was with me. And he was with Bruce. And that's what you learn in the valley, is that he never leaves. And he shows up in incredible ways. As a matter of fact, when we got released from MD Anderson, I was a little bit sad because I knew things were going to change and go back to the way they had been. And it with that closeness that you get with the Lord would not be there. But one of the things I've realized is that when he does something like this and he really presses you <laughs> and he shows you he's going to be with you no matter what, it's for something bigger and better than you could ever thought. And you have more influence. If you, like Bruce, he, he feels like he's not influential, but he is. He's much more influencer for Christ than he ever was before. And it's because he came through by God's good grace. And he still loves the Lord. He wants to serve him. He wants to do whatever God has. This year was our, our theme is uh, your will, your way, Lord. Do whatever you want. So we come, we do whatever he wants. So if there's any needs that y'all have or you want to ask about, we're here for you. I don't know what those are, but it seems like life is happening here. And what we really want you to know is that it's all good because you're more 
I mean, we can tell y'all are seasoned, mm. mature. Yes. Scars. Of God. You have scars. That's what this world needs is people scars who, are good. who've been through the mill and they've come out smelling wonderful with the fragrance of Christ. People don't want just a, you know, nice words. They really don't. I've really realized that by watching how they're drawn to Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> These guys are just drawn to him. They're like, that guy's old, but he's got something I want. Something I, I need. Her brother's wife, somebody sent me a podcast that her brother's wife, Suzette, did up here somewhere. And she spoke of a, because we did their premarital counseling too spoke of a guy out in Austin that helped them and helped their husband, her husband, get through some things, and he's real salty. <laughs> <laughs> so I hadn't seen her since, so I met her downstairs, and I look at her and I said, salty, huh? <laughs> she said, I meant that in a good way. <laughs> but I, I, I am a truth teller, because I've realized Let's cut with all the crap. Let's just get right down to it. When you are quick to listen and slow to speak, and more importantly, when you observe and you hear, you can tell the condition of a person's heart pretty easy. People have a tendency to try to talk around it or avoid it. And I, I don't. I just go dive right in. And some of them get offended and walk away. I don't care. I, that part of the love of Christ I'm missing somewhere. Because I feel I don't, have, I don't have time. I feel like I stand on the edge of eternity. I can see eternity. I can see the kingdom. And that's what it's all about. So focus, guys. Your love here is great. You have it. You give it freely. So make decisions. Be givers. Be givers of truth. Yes. Be givers of love. Be givers of joy. Smile. The world has enough negativity. Let his joy shine through you in every circumstance, in every situation, and every pain and suffering. Let that joy shine. People are going to want to know, what is it you have? Marriages that are in Christ, that joy is in, in love is so evident in them. They give, a, they give off a, a smell. Mm -hmm. They do. They, it, you change the atmosphere. That smell is the love and joy of a creator God who loves you and wants you to talk about who he is in your life. Even in pain, the love the two of you share People are going to say, what's the deal? <clears throat> the deal is because you believe in Jesus Christ and that who is in you. Mm -hmm. And when you walk into a room, you have the power to alter the entire atmosphere. Mm -hmm. As individuals, you can walk into a room and change the atmosphere because of the love that is in you through Christ that is in you. Try it. You'll be changed. And then you can be salty like me. <laughs> so, hey, it's five past 12. Yeah, what's your timing? Does anybody have any questions? Yeah, do you have any questions?
Yeah, I'm better at questions rather than because I can be me. the cancer journey in your life? Pardon me? What, how old were you? It's been five years. It's been five years. Five years on this side. Very recent. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. recent, but very powerful. Yeah, one of the things that we didn't say, Bruce didn't say, is that we were not believers until we were in our late 30s. He was 40. So God rescued us from the darkness. You know, you we know the difference. <clears throat> We know what our life was like before. This is the good life. Even with cancer, y'all, this is the good life. What's out there that lost people are dealing with is a lot of despair and confusion. So you have a gift in you of living the Christ life that they need. They need it. It's so negative out there. So what, what do you do when you walk into a room? What do people see in you? They're going to see something, and they're going to serve something. But when they see you, what do you, what do you think they see? Are you that couple? Are you that individual? Are you that person that can walk into a room and people suddenly notice you're there? In the, in the, in the aroma and fragrance you give off is a fragrance and aroma of Christ in you, and it's beautiful. One of the greatest scriptures that I just love is that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And when you're going through something like this, it doesn't seem good, but you hold on to the fact that he said it will be. Eventually, you're going to see some good come out of it, that suffering, that hardship. You can offer to people things that they need. Maybe that's why we're all suffering a lot, is because God's trying to prepare us to meet the needs of the people he's going to bring to us. There are a lot of hurting people. When we went to MD Anderson the week before we were going, well, we'd been once and he got diagnosed, and so we knew it was going to be a long-term, eight-week, you know, pound you into submission thing. But I was sitting in church, and I love to praise. That's just my, my heart. And God showed me just, I don't have visions. I don't have dreams. I don't have those things. But God showed me the Christ the Redeemer statue, larger than life, over the MD Anderson skyline. But it was the real Jesus. It wasn't a statue. And he said, I want them all. And I told Bruce, I think we're going there on mission. I don't think it's just about your cancer. And it really changed our whole focus. You know, the focus you have determines your direction. If you focus on what God is doing, it will change how you do it. So when we started going there, we started realizing we were there for a reason. We were there for those people, not necessarily just for Bruce's treatment. I mean, 100% of the time, he knew what to say and who to say it to. And we found out there were a ton of believers in that place that felt muzzled. But the minute we would start talking about Christ or praying for them or saying that we were believers, they would light up each one of those people. And it, it was like God had been there before us dropping breadcrumbs everywhere we went. The first place we went to a, a, 
a room where a lady was taking in all the information, put it in the computer, and she's in her white lab coat and everything, and she's Indian and brilliant. And I'm like, oh God, this is gonna be a long journey. And I see in her pocket, Jesus on this pamphlet. And I was like, God, should I ask her about it? Wait, wait, I just got this wait. So they spent the next 30, 45 minutes putting all that information, all that history into the computer. And then I said, I see something I like in your pocket. And she said, oh, he's the healer. And she pulled this pamphlet out and I still have it to this day. It was like God had been there and I was like, you are sending us on mission. There is something for us here. This isn't all gonna be bad and awful. All things work together. I must have said that scripture a thousand times. All things, you said all things work together for good to those who love you and are called according to your purpose. I couldn't understand that for a long time because I was being tormented with all of their therapies. But N.B. Anderson also is a, was, a, the doctors got together, there's a team, and they asked me, what can we do for you? And I said, here's what you can do for me. I don't wanna be a test dummy. Uh, I don't wanna be a pin cushion. I need as much health as I can get because I have a lot of work for the Lord. And in fact, I'm going to quote a scripture to you, doctors. I said, some trust in chariots and some in horses. And I said, and I'm adding some in doctors. But I trust in the name of the Lord my God. And they looked at me, they raised their hand, they said, we get it. <laughs> we get it. And so that's, that's what they did. And um, there's always... Look, look what Bruce is saying I love because he, he's helped me to do this. Look and be ready. God is working all around us. Yes. There was a man that came in and took him in a wheelchair to across the, the place. It's a huge place. Never been there. And he, he had to go to a certain MRI machine because they were going to ablate that trigeminal nerve and it had to be precise. So they took him across and this man is just this big African-American man, just so sweet just wheels him over there and we get into this room and he says I'll come back and get you when I'm ready to get Bruce He'll, they'll let me know and I'm thinking he's not going to see me in this room of all these people well Bruce was ready about 45 minutes later and he came and he looked around the room and he said Bruce is ready for you and I'm like wow he remembered who I was and so we went and we started walking I said just thank you so much for blessing us with your presence and he put a big warm blanket over Bruce he was just those MRI machines make you freezing so I was like well, well, he, I said you are is this a volunteer job for you and he said yes it's my favorite thing I do I said well what do you do for a living and he said I'm a pastor I said Oh, well, I should have known. I could tell by your presence. I could tell by the way you handled him, what the care you were giving him. So we wheel back over. We get in this room with the curtains, you know, and they get him on the bed. And Bruce said, hey, John, can I pray for you? And he goes, yeah, I'd love that. They sat on the bed, and Bruce said this most amazing prayer over this man and his church and all that he was doing for God. 
And he said, no one's ever prayed for me like that. <coughs> so you just never know. Pastors, they need the fellowship of the believers. We're a body. So in the process of that, this lady that was the nurse in there heard it all. And after John left, she said, would you pray for me like that? I mean, it's contagious. The love of God is contagious. So let it out. The world right now makes you not want to say things. I know this. I live in Austin, Texas. <laughs> but God says, talk about me. Tell them about me. Love them like I love them. Love them. And it will blow your mind. It's good life. It's the good life. Any? I have to share something. Sorry, I can't interrupt. So, but we've been praying so hard for Leslie, and I was trying to get someone to come in. Because I, I was going back to James 5. You know, it talks about bring somebody in to pray. And you came today, and you prayed for my friend. Oh. God, God is faithful. Just, he told me. how God got Leslie here today, which is it's own miracle. Well, just to. Uh, You're faithful to pray. See, she even is. when we can't talk, which there were times during this, I mean, I couldn't talk. I when, was just so processing all that was going on. But I prayed and I asked God for things. Be bold. Ask him for everything you need and everything your friends need. Yeah. God does weird things to me in the sense that when, I mean, really weird. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me stay with the Panetti. <laughs> um, I, I can tell when something's up because I'll, I'll, I'll hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit say, watch him or watch her. When I walked in here, I was sitting there and Chris was over here with Dee and mm -hmm. Leslie and and I felt I had to stand up and go over. And I walked over and I heard the voice looking at Leslie. He said, watch her, watch her. What that means to me is watch her because you're going to have to pray for her. And so your prayer was an addition. I had said to Leslie, I, after this is over, I will pray for you. So... You know, God works in crazy ways. He's got a sense of humor. He real does, really does, even in suffering. Even in suffering. But it's cool because she's praying, been praying for this for a week, yeah. several That's weeks. That's so sweet. And, and I was like, last, I mean, I was like, Julie, just find someone. I was kind of like, good luck. I, I, I was just, anyway. And so. Yeah. Is there any, any, any more things I can torture you with? <laughs> no? Okay. I appreciate the reminder that when we walk into a room, we bring influence. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I don't think we're always thinking of that. And I think the Lord wants us to be aware of that. And he does have a fragrance. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. it's not about people paying attention to us. It's about how we change the dynamic. Yes. Yes. And they might not even have any idea it was us. It may not. That's right. No, it may not. But you'll sense it. The Holy Spirit will show you it. And it's powerful. It's a it's a power to whom much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. And so when you receive that and you first time you experience it, you're gonna really like it and realize he loves me and he has given me that power mm -hmm. to change atmospheres, to change homes. You pray over your home, you pray inside your home, you pray together, 
In our church, people run away from me because if they're couples that we've dealt with, I always say, are you praying together? And almost a large percent of the time, they'll go, well, we're, we're working on that. We're, we're, we, we've got to do better. And you... you <laughs> I'll say that is one of the biggest gifts God gave us yeah. was that you Bruce gotta, and I worked together for 40 years in the clothing business. So we traveled together. We were always together. We had to work things out, okay? <laughs> the way you work it out is through praying together. Yeah. You're going to God together, and he's going to show you what the other person needs and where you need to and, change. And, and you don't where, pray. Wives, yeah. don't pray, God, change my husband. Yeah, it's you. And the husband, God, yeah. change my wife. Yeah. You don't, don't do that. What you want to do is the two of you draw closer individually with the Lord. Because you know what? Each one of you will hear the other's heart, the real heart. Mm -hmm. And then you begin to understand what that heart is saying and what this, your spouse is needing. Mm -hmm. And so it's a, you, (laughs) you you just, I really believe one of the things that God showed us early in our walk was prayer and the power of it. Yeah. That you, that's part of your faith. You've got to believe that and try it, and then he'll show you how it works. Answer to prayer. So, young people, you get in a habit of praying. Ask God for everything. I love there's a song that Brandon Lake does. It's talking to Jesus. I don't know if y'all know it, but that's what I do now. I mean, that's what I've always done, but I realized, yeah, everybody can do it. You just talk to Jesus throughout your day. You ask him for the things you need, and then you listen, and you observe, and you see where he's working, and you open your heart, your life to others. It's simple, but we get caught up in a lot of stuff, don't we? Yeah, it's stuff. Yeah, we can tell you because we're old. Yeah, because we're old, (laughs) we've learned. All that stuff is going to burn up anyway. We care, we've learned to care more and more about less and less. Our life is really closed down. God is about people. And Bruce had a real epiphany one year. I took him to West Texas, and he was like, this is nothing. He's from the Northeast, where it's lush and trees and beautiful fall and everything. And he was like, why are you bringing me here? So tell him what happened. So they go into the Davis Mountains, and there must be 40 miles of desert. And I'm looking around, I'm looking at her, and it has fences. And I said, what's the deal? This is just nothing. It's, a, it's a horrible land. Why would somebody lay claim to it? And she just looks and she shakes her head. Ten more miles. I go, really, seriously, somebody owns this? I mean, this is, a, this is the craziest thing I've ever seen. Ten more miles. I can't take it anymore. I go, Please tell me somebody really put a fence up here. They own this. They're worried. Yeah, yeah, one or two. Yeah, and by the 30th mile, I think it was, I hear this voice. Sometimes, oh, what I began to see after staring at it for so while that it's kind of interesting. It's actually got a beauty about it separate from anything that I would have imagined. And so by the last 10 miles, I was saying, you know, this really isn't that bad. Kind of unique. Yeah, unique. 
And I hear this voice saying, sometimes you have to go 30 miles in to find the love. And that is something that I've learned that I, you can't tell on the surface really many times. You just have to continue to go deeper and you see it. And then you can adjust to what God wants you to say. He'll give you the, you have to, we have not because we ask not. Ask for wisdom. Ask for understanding in every situation. If you're confused or you're struggling, Lord, give me understanding about this. Lord, I seek your wisdom. He will gladly give it to you. And so you shouldn't go and not care. You shouldn't go and not know, know anything. But when you go into a room, if you submit to the spirit in you and say, what am I supposed to see? Then right away, that fragrance and aroma of Christ, the vision that Christ gives you, the understanding, you get to see so much and you add so much and things change. And they change for the good. And you get blessed because you blessed the room. And you will be blessed when you bless. It's, that's his, his truth. So, okay, I, it's 1240, no, 1225. Pray, pray for us. Okay. Father, I, uh, once again, you've done this to me, Lord. This is a really an exceptional group of people who love you. And obviously they love each other. So, Lord, I can come into your throne room of grace. I'm allowed to by the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ, and by his holiness, which allows me to come into your throne room and ask of you, almighty God, Father, Jehovah, Abba, I ask your blessing upon this group, this gathering, this, this life group, upon this room, and all those who are in it. Oh God, there are many needs and many prayers have been requested. I would ask that you would pour out your blessing upon these people, this group. That you would not only answer prayers, but Lord, you would give joy where there is no joy. You would give peace where there is no peace. You give grace where it's sorely needed. And Lord, those who need healing, let them come before you. And let them ask for healing. Mm -hmm. Ask for a way out of some of these situations that they're in. Oh, God, I know. Asking you, you can grant this. You have the ability and the power and the desire, Lord, that they may know you. And so I ask again in your throne room up to you, Lord, Bless this group of people in ways that they will see and they will know and they will understand it is you and that you love them and you are with them and you are directing them and you will never let them go. And I ask this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You guys are awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Training for Manhood. If you found the conversation to be valuable, make sure to rate us where you listen to podcasts. Also, check out additional content on our website, 
trainingformanhood.com. That's training4manhood.com. Until next time, in the words of King David, be strong and show yourself a man. Mm -hmm.